Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Welcome to Unaddiction, the podcast. My name is Dr. Nzinga Harrison. I'm a board-certified psychiatrist with a specialty in addiction medicine and co-founder and chief medical officer of Eleanor Health. On this podcast, we explore the paths that can lead to addiction and the infinite paths that can lead to recovery. Our guests are sharing their own experiences, the tools that have helped them along the way, and the formulas that allow them to thrive in recovery one day at a time. Demi Burnett is an American television personality turned social media influencer from The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise. Shout out to Bachelor Nation. She's an advocate for body positivity, LGBTQ plus rights, and mental health awareness. In 2022, Demi was diagnosed with autism and hopes that in continuing to share her experience, others can feel less alone. We had so much fun on this episode. There is so much more to Demi and her life that she shared with us, including her experience with alcohol use disorder and how symptoms of autism were a major factor in developing that addiction and how autism has become her superpower as it relates to staying sober. All right. Thank you, Demi, for joining us on Unaddiction. So um, I am a psychiatrist and addiction medicine doctor. I've been serving people with addiction for my whole career. And I just recently wrote this book called Unaddiction, Six Mind-Changing Conversations That Could Save a Life. And the idea of the book is like there are an infinite number of risk factors that can bring us to addiction, but they kind of fall into these six categories. And I teach how to have those six conversations. And since there are an infinite number of ways in, then there are totally an infinite number of ways out because you can combine all of these and everybody's personal journey is their own personal journey. And so the word unaddiction is like, what do we need to unlearn 
about addiction that we think we know that's actually not helpful? And what do we need to undo from like a stigma perspective, the stigmas we have that are like making it worse for people? And then what are the conversations that we want to uncover all with this idea that we could have fewer people suffering from addiction and um, finding a path to recovery? So with that said, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're awesome. <laughs> you're funny. Oh, no, seriously. That's yeah. So cool. So with that set up, we um, have the podcast and folks like you, thank you so much coming on to have these conversations, right? Like, what was my path to recovery? And this idea of your magic formula, knowing that that will change over time, but like, what are the pieces that keep you grounded in recovery? So maybe somebody listening will be like, oh, that sounds similar to my path. Oh, I can relate to that part of the journey. Oh, maybe I'll try that part of that formula and maybe it's part of my magic. So that's the idea. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I love it. This is uh, this is doing like really good, helpful things, you know, helpful stuff out there. That's uh, I love doing things that it's not like, you know, just kind of, I mean, it's always fun to talk about pop culture and whatnot, but it, it's nice to like just it feels good and um, rewarding, not rewarding, maybe fulfilling. That's mm, the word mm-hmm. to talk about stuff that can save lives. Yeah. So then let's jump in. Do you mind sharing with us whatever and whatever detail, uh, however you want to share with us what your path to recovery has been? I, I think that that's the best the best way to, you know, help any help people is mm-hmm. to be super open about it because mm-hmm. I know that it's very shameful. Mm-hmm. And so I think to I think the way my brain works is that to fight the shame, I own it. I'm Love not it. I, I can't feel the shame if, if I own it, you know? Mm. That that's like um after recovery or you know, during recovery. So I I fell in love with alcohol. Um, I was like 18, went to college, and I had like freedom for the first time. Mm-hmm. I had a strict upbringing, very strict. So I didn't like get to party that much in high school. And when I did in high school, I mean, I I was like a senior and I would just get blacked out. So then I went to college oh, wow. and college was, I mean, I was blacked out all the time, like, mm-hmm. I mean, every other day, um, I just, I, everyone knew I was going to be blacked out too. Like I just, I loved, I loved it. I loved it because it, it took away that anxiety initially, Mm -hmm. you know, of do I have the right to exist the way I am in this space that Mm -hmm. I'm in? Does that make sense? Yeah. But do you mind clicking into that a little bit? Was like, was there something that was making you feel maybe you don't deserve to exist in this space the way you are? Or it was kind of just a general feeling? Well, it was just like a, a general feeling I had all the time of like not knowing, like not feeling well. And that is also underlying neurodivergence. You know, that was underlying autism that I I didn't know. I had and I had been like had this like secret, but it was like only with myself. And it was like all these things that I hid and I tried to cover Mm -hmm. up and make sure no one saw me doing. And uh, so that was like 
my worst nightmare was like anyone knowing about any of that kind of stuff. But like, mm. I didn't know it was autism. I didn't have a name for it. So the alcohol, it kind of like, it took away this anxiety of that part of me spilling out, you know? So I, I had more freedom to exist however I wanted to because I wasn't mm-hmm. scared. Mm-hmm. But it also made it easier. So ma- while it made it easier for me to be myself, it also made it easier for me to slip into like masks of characters mm. um, because I wasn't afraid of somebody calling my bluff. Does that, is that, yeah. does that make sense? Totally. Okay. Totally. Um, so alcohol was like the best thing ever for me because it, I finally felt like I could enjoy life because mm-hmm. I wasn't scared mm-hmm. of, uh, it, it, and it's like, I always want to find like a, an emotion to like, or like a direct thing to pinpoint what I'm afraid of, but I'm really just not, not even sure. I think it might at the end of the day be a lack of control mm-hmm. over how people could react and like maybe people could react. And I'm thinking of so many different ways, more than just rejection. I'm afraid of people like they could get violent with me. I don't know. Like I could, I could go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like my brain could, I just. I, I can panic from people's reactions. And so I had the alcohol took away a lot of that fear of yeah. like other people's reactions to me. Yeah. So th- uh, that was like in college, I really started like drinking, but I wasn't drinking every single day. Um, I ended up moving back in with my parents, mm-hmm. but I hadn't really had a drinking problem yet, but I would say that I, that's when I kind of started drinking every day, but I did have a job. So I, <laughs> On my lunch break, I would go have a drink Mm -hmm. because I needed something to help me get through that last half Mm -hmm. of the shift. Um, And then I'd get home and have drinks. But um, it wasn't to the point to where I was waking up and not feeling good. This is all in a span of, you know, I'm 28 now. I've been sober two years. So, but from when I was 18 to when I was, yeah, 26. It's a long time. Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah. So it started... I mean, it's still a lot of alcohol being consumed and still like some blackouts here and there. But now let's say like uh, The Bachelor, I'm 23. I'm I'm trying to get as much alcohol as I can. I have the best time of my life. I get I, I mean, I am petrified all the time at all of these things I have to do after the show. So mm. like you know, these big events and things. I remember going to Ellen and like, mm. I'm, I'm just drinking my way through all because mm-hmm. I'm so nervous. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I'm just so scared. I'm going to humiliate myself. Mm-hmm. So I know if I get drunk, then I'm going to just be, uh, Lucy, I'm going to be loose and I'll be able to be myself and it'll go great. Yeah. So I was like, I need to have that alcohol though, in order to be myself. Mm-hmm. Like that is what I truly, I, I believed. Mm-hmm. I was like, to not to be afraid to be yourself. Yes. Right. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it was like a mental thing in my, I was like a mental thing that I had though. Like, I'm not going to be safe until I have the alcohol. Mm. Like, you know, like I'm, I need that first. Mm. So, uh, it's kind of like a, the way things went in my head, it was like a rule of how it goes in my head. Yeah. And if I couldn't follow that rule that I had, sorry, that's my friend, Sam. <laughs> she actually, uh, was my friend from college. So she's seen me through all of this. Oh, did I, she, did she come in the camera? Cause I didn't see her. She yes. must've been just right on the edge. She, hey, Sam. She's just, she's just ducking <laughs> real quick. She's throwing something away. You don't have to duck. Hello, Sam. How she, are you? She said, you don't have to duck. Hello, Sam. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? She said, I'm good. How are you? 
good. She's the best. She's the best. Um, I love her. Yeah. So, so that was the, that rule, was the rule in your head. Yep. You had to drink in order to be mm-hmm. okay to be yourself. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, I just started smuggling alcohol everywhere mm. um, because I, I, I need to know that I can't rely on going somewhere and there being alcohol. I got to bring my own. Mm-hmm. So around this time, this is like post bachelor days until then I go oh, post like bachelor in paradise the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then COVID, then I started dating someone. And when I was dating this person, I wasn't drinking as much because they didn't really like to drink, mm-hmm. but I still needed it because I couldn't even relax in this relationship without mm-hmm. it because I was so scared of them thinking that I was a weird freak because mm-hmm. I was like, they're going to see that weird side of me or like that. Like I'm, I'm a, I, I need to be able to like not care. Like I need to be able to relax. I need to be able to be who I am, but it's like, I, I didn't understand, you know, like yeah. you can't not be who you are, but you know, and that's besides the point. <laughs> there was, and, was and at some point you don't want to not be who you are. Right. Like that's, that's what's so human about this story is like you were dying to just be able to be who you are and have that be safe. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Absolutely. You get it. You get it. Yes. Um, uh, and, and so in my relationship, I started, this is when I started like really sneaky drinking. Like I would hide alcohol in like the nightstand I had and I would like drink it when they weren't around and then like brush my teeth. Um, and he had said a, something a couple of times, but that's like whenever like we were all drinking and he would, uh, like one time I remember I threw something like no one was in the room but me and I was just mad and I threw I remember it was a bag of sugar bear hair gummy vitamins and I was like throwing all this stuff at the chair and I remember I hit I hit the edge of the tv and I broke the tv Mm. and I like forgot that I did it Mm. and then the next morning we like turned on the tv and I was like oh no I was like I have to tell you something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he was like you did what I was like I know I know I was like, oh, my God, this is so embarrassing. Um, so, of course, that just made me want to drink more. Yep. Um, and then uh, after a while, we broke up. I was just devastated because this was like I was with him every day during COVID. Mm-hmm. And so I just started drinking even more, even more. Mm-hmm. Then I got to the point where I'm drinking every day and I am I have to like I don't want to anymore. I mm-hmm. have to mm-hmm. like I'm getting violently ill in if between if you don't drink yeah withdrawal i'm waking up with the sh- i'm waking up with the shakes yep. and i'm like i can't do anything because i had moved on from a bottle of wine a day to i needed some i couldn't drink the wine in the morning because maybe two bottles of wine a day because i couldn't drink wine in the morning because it would make me sick mm. so i was like i need to get i need to get this done faster mm-hmm. so then i went to a uh, liquor mm-hmm. and i went vodka and i mean i'd chase vodka with anything and it was easy. And so then I was drinking almost a whole bottle of Cheetos a day. Mm. And like, I mean, I, I was, oh my gosh, like I still have this journal that I have from when I was drinking this much because I felt so sick. Like, mm. and I knew, I knew things were not going good for me. And I I could like feel like my body shutting down. Like I yep. was like, I'm going to die. Like, I know I'm going to die. Um, and, um. My friend actually recently passed away from like this same kind of thing. Oh man, I'm um, sorry. Yeah. 
Um, and my friend that here, here, her dad actually passed away from it too. So it's like a very like close subject. And so like, you know, I've seen it happen to two other people. Um, and like it happened to me. So like, I don't have a partner. I don't have someone who's going to be at my house with me all day mm-hmm. long, every day. A lot of the time it's just going to be me. Yeah. So I, I can't stop drinking, uh, by myself, really. Like, am I, I'm like, it's dangerous because you would be so <clears throat> sick and nobody could potentially yes. be there. Yeah. And, and I didn't really know that I was like waiting for this opportune opportunity, this like moment mm-hmm. to have someone with me because like I, I didn't know that, but it was like all subconscious because mm-hmm. uh, it's like looking back on it, I can see why I did it. But my friend Natasha stayed the night with me. This is like post bachelor, the second time I went to paradise. Okay. Second time I went to paradise. I was so drunk during that. Mm. I first of all, I, when I went in there, I went in with contact bottle solutions or contact bottle, contact solution bottles. Oh, full of liquor. Mm-hmm. Drank them all before I even got to the beach, like oh, in wow. the hotel before I got. Yeah. So then I was waking up, getting withdrawals, and I was like desperate. They yeah. don't start serving drinks till till noon. So uh, I was so desperate. I was. Drinking the mouthwash. Yeah. Drinking the mouthwash. I've I've been taking care of people with alcoholism for a long time, and this is actually very common. Um, And I remember that I had heard someone say that they knew someone that was an alcoholic because they were always drinking mouthwash in their, like, locker. And I was like, well, maybe that'll get me through. And it did. Yeah. And it did because I would have had withdrawals there in Mexico. Like, what would I have done? I mean, Mm -hmm. that would have been a whole Mm -hmm. thing. Oh, Woo! Mm -hmm. While they're filming? Um, I do not want my intervention while we're filming. Uh, I know, because you know they would have aired it too. Oh my god, it would have been so exploited. Uh, yeah, it would have been so exploitive. I just read this article. Sorry, I don't mean to break into your story, okay. but I just read this article. I forget um what it was in, but about um the Housewives franchise and how it's specifically around alcohol and alcoholism and addiction, how exploitive. Oh my gosh. I, I believe it. Just like yeah. thinking about what I've seen of the housewives. Yeah. It's yeah. A lot of reality yeah. TV is, does it, it pumps, pumps out the alcohol. Yeah. So your friend Natasha is spending the night. Yes. Yeah, so post the second time I go on bachelor in paradise, she was on there with me. Mm-hmm. She's staying at my house. She lives in New York and she's staying at my house in LA and we wake up the next day. And I'm like, I have to tell you something. And she's like, what? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I kind of have a super bad drinking problem and I really want to stop. So I'm not going to drink anymore after today. But can you please make sure that I don't die? I was like, because I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So what was it about Natasha that made her safe enough for you to be able to take this plunge with her? You know, I don't, I don't know. She's just, I guess... She's just who she is. Like we had, we had gone mm. through a lot of you know stuff together. Like being on reality TV together. Um, she she is she's like a nurturing kind of person too. Like she's just. I, here's the thing. I think that it's because I know I knew that she is the kind of person that wouldn't have, like left me hanging. Like I knew that she is the kind of person mm-hmm. who would. Like subconsciously, I knew this because I I wouldn't just like mm-hmm. assume you know I wouldn't assume this, so I uh, set her up. Um, but <laughs> it's like I, she's the kind of person who would help 
someone and truly help them, not just like half help, like, mm-hmm. like sh- sh- mm-hmm. actually be in the moment and care about them. Like, you know, I just seen probably because I'd seen her, I've seen her talk about her friends and the people she cares about and how she mm-hmm. knows so much mm-hmm. about so many of her friends and and stuff like that. Just, I guess I had made a bunch of s- subconscious observations about her character and I knew like she's she's gonna she'll take care of me yeah and so you told her and then she was like of course and then I immediately just started mm-hmm. yakking nonstop, and she goes okay well you're going to the hospital or you're going to rehab and I said I'm not going to rehab I have all these animals at my house I can't go there I I don't know what to do I was mm-hmm. like I'll go to the hospital that's fine so we called the ambulance and I'm like vigorously shaking like my whole body is like uh, i mean yeah this is alcohol withdrawal this is alcohol withdrawal it can be deadly for okay sorry let me break in as a doctor and drop a statistic here you're starting to describe the development of the dts and one out of five people with the delirium tremens the dts that does not get detoxed will die so like if you're listening Demi was not being dramatic when she told her friend, I'm going to stop drinking and will you make sure I not die because it can be deadly. Yeah. So God bless Natasha. All right. We're going to the hospital. Natasha's the best. Well, well, here's where we get. It gets interesting before we get to the hospital because Mm. because like you you just said, I wasn't being dramatic. So the ambulance gets here. I'm sitting on my couch shaking like crazy and they take my vitals and it's two men, Mm -hmm. two white men. And they, they, they treated me as if I was being dramatic. They said, oh, you'll be fine. Yeah. You'll be fine after a few days. Oh, my God. Uh, it's going to be rough for a couple of days. And then they start <gasps> giving me just a, a, a pep talk about, you know, not drinking. And I'm like, listen. <laughs> Why are you trying to make me cuss on this podcast? <laughs> it was so frustrating because I felt so terrible. And I was just like, everything in my body is telling me I'm on my way to death. Everything in me. Yeah. But so Natasha stays with me because they gave me some Zofran. So I stopped puking. We get an IV Mm -hmm. lady to come. And the Mm -hmm. IV lady is like, hey, why are you shaking? And at this point, we had called this guy over. And I didn't want the guy to know that I was having alcohol withdrawals. But Natasha Mm. and Natasha, I was like, what do we do? And she came up. She's like, well, tell me about food poisoning. I was like, "Okay, great. (laughs) I've never had food poisoning before. So I was like, sure. I don't know what it's like. And um, so that's what we told this lady. And she's like kind of looking at me funny. And then we get done with the IV. And she's like, I'm really concerned about the shaking. And I was like, "Eh." and she was like, okay. And so then she leaves. And then Natasha is leaving. She backs up Mm. all her stuff. She's leaving me with this man. And because this man's going to watch over me. And she's in the parking garage. And then I'm up here by myself. And she's with him. He's helping her load up the car. She's like, let me go say bye to Demi one last time. She walks in. Within one minute, I start having a seizure. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. 
Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences, with fewer people, and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited-time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Oh, alcohol withdrawal seizure, which, by the way, was 100% predictable by the level of alcohol withdrawal symptoms that you were having when the two white men paramedics treated you like a hysterical. Yep. So they they had to come pick me up again. The same men came oh and got me. Oh, God. I'm just like, what? <laughs> what, what, did, what did they like? I want to see the report that they got for that day. Like, I yeah. want to see where it says that they came undermined my undermined me and what I was saying and then had to come back because I was on the brink of death. And you know what I imagine? Obviously I can't know. Um I imagine they didn't have ill intent and they didn't say to themselves one out of five people die and we're just gonna take the chance that she's one of them. I'm guessing that's not it. I'm guessing they looked at you and they didn't see a person who fit their mind's eye for what a quote unquote severe alcoholic looks like and they saw a girl they saw a girl in a room full of squishmallows shaking on her couch yep. and they said she's fine like they i mean i'm i'm yep. used to it it's happened yep. my whole life nobody's ever like taken me seriously when it comes to that kind of stuff because i'm so yep. dramatic Ugh. so you have an alcohol withdrawal seizure they take you in the ambulance to the hospital i have to stay there for three days um they're pumping me full of ativan loved that yep. <laughs> I asked the <laughs> I asked the guy on the way out. I was like, "Hey, can I have some of the Ativan?" He said, "You don't need it." <laughs> and um, <laughs> my parent, my dad, and my stepmom flew in, so uh, mm-hmm. they stayed with me for like a couple weeks because, like, after like I was so sick, like I my legs were like alcohol like affects your your nerves. And like that's whenever I knew my my alcohol problem was getting really bad because I was like, my legs are feeling weird. And it's kind of hard to explain slash remember now, but I, I just couldn't walk. Like I was having a really hard time walking around. Like my legs felt so weird um, after I got out of the hospital. Um, yeah. Do you know what that's about? Yeah. So our severe chronic alcohol use actually depletes your B vitamins, both your folate and your B12. And B12 has everything to do with how your nerves can conduct their impulses. And so you actually get um, fiery sensations, what we call neuropathic pain, which is like burning. You can get numbness. You can like not feel where your feet are 
on the floor and start losing your balance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's like what it was. It was like, it was like numbness. Yeah. Sounds like B12 deficiency caused 100% by alcohol. Wow. Um, yes. All I remember too, like all of my levels were messed up whenever I got there to get a CAT scan too. Um, but everything was fine. Um, and yeah, then I got, my parents kind of took care of me. Um, and just for like a week or two and then they left i had a meeting with a doctor my like primary care doctor um to get me on i had to get on like anti-seizure medication if mm-hmm. i don't i guess you that's like you have to do that for a while if you have a seizure uh but it was like natasha i mean we already know she's the hero but like even more so like when i got to the hospital she called everyone she told, like, mm. contacted the people on my phone, let everyone know what was going on, and, like, had people get there, like, before she left. I mean, she took care of me so much, and, um, oh, my gosh, I just, what an angel. What an angel. But, yeah, yeah so the uh, after I stopped drinking, I, I mean, I did it, like, a month, two months, and then I was like, why is this so easy? Like, why am I not, like, no one could make me drink right now. Like, there's no way I but it comes back to a rule. This is a new rule. The rule is we don't drink. Mm. That's just the rule. So like my brain doesn't even yeah. consider it. And that. So your autism is serving you. Yes. Whereas your autism, right? Yes. Your autism is serving you now with this rule yes. and how rule bound yes. your brain is. I love that, Demi. And that's how I discovered my autism because I mm. like, or like rediscovered it because like, in college, uh, I had this epiphany where I was like, I think I'm autistic, but it was like a very short lived thing because everyone was like, no, you're not. And it was not as talked about then. And that was like 10 years ago. And I drank that away. Mm-hmm. But I had come to realize it again because I was like, how am I able to follow this rule I made up? Like, it, I just made this up, but like, I cannot break it. There's no, like, mm-hmm. th- no one could pay me to do it, you know? Um, And so, yeah, it, th- and that's how I figured out that I was autistic and like, cause that's, I didn't know what rule bound meant. Like I didn't really understand yeah. it. So if anyone had ever asked me if I was rule bound, I would be like, no, but it's like, Oh, the mm-hmm. my, my rules, like the rules that I, I think like are valid apply. Like, you know, those rules. Yes. Yes. We don't, I don't break. I don't I like, uh, I don't do drugs. <laughs> that's a rule. I don't yeah. drink. That's a yeah. rule. I think that's so cool, Demi. So my oldest son is um, 18. He's a freshman in high school. He was uh, diagnosed with ADHD when he was six years old. And so we worked really hard for him to know that like, this is who you are. It's, it, this is a condition you have. This is amazing. You know, like, here's how you use it to your benefit, et cetera. And so we were on vacation in Mexico. This is such a, you're like, what, where does this story come from? I promise you it is related. No, I'm not. I'm into it. I'm into it. <laughs> so we're in vacation and on vacation in Mexico. He's 16 years old and they're like trying to sell us a timeshare. And I'm a psychiatrist. And so people love talking to me about all the things. And so the salesman is like telling us about his childhood. I know that sounds so crazy, but he's like trying to sell me. Yeah. He's like telling me about his childhood. No, I believe it. <laughs> it's like when a, when someone's like, if someone's like, I'm a nurse and they're like, I got this thing over here. Right. <laughs> Exactly. So he's like telling us about his childhood. He had a lot of trauma. <laughs> had a lot of trauma. And how he's, like, yeah, how he's like trying to do it. We're like over breakfast. He's trying to sell us a timeshare. And my 16 year old son says, you know, 
it's like my ADHD. He said, you can consider it like an ace in a deck of cards. It can be the low card or it can be the high card. Isn't this? I know. Okay. So the listeners, you can't see Demi's face, but she's feeling it. Yes, She's feeling that is it. Good. So like right now, it's so true. your autism it's is so like true. the freaking ace of spades right now against alcohol yes. use disorder. It, How cool is that? It is. It's so cool too, because like, uh, well, I don't drink for one, but also um, I'm not tempted to if I go places. So like if I go out, like I, I don't like to go out, but say I'm, I want to see some friends or something. Everyone's drinking. It, everyone's like, oh, sorry. And I'm like, I truly cannot express to you mm-hmm. how much it, I am am okay with you drinking. And more so, get drunker because your drunken spirits make me have a good time too. It brings you guys up to my level of silly. <laughs> now everyone's ready to get extra silly, okay? And then at the end of the night, do you know how wonderful it feels watching everyone else be drunk and you are not? And you're like, Look at all of those mistakes I didn't make. Mm. Not that, you know, not, not no disrespect to anyone who's getting drunk and sloppy. Mm. I've been there, done that. Mm. But it just feels good to know that like, hey, I've, I've kind of got it more together now. Mm. And I'm not going to feel like crap tomorrow. And this is awesome. And you remember everything. I got to go to a wedding in Paris. Imagine if I was drunk. Mm. Uh, yeah, it reinforces the value of the rule. Yes. So... This is like the second question, um, which this rule seems like it is at the center of your magic formula. Are there other things or beliefs or behaviors or people like anything at all that is also part of your recovery formula that like keeps you tethered and not drinking, not doing drugs? Yeah, um, I think I'm going to burp. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> Please keep that in. <laughs> I knew it was going to come out. And I was like, it's going to come out when I'm talking. Like, I just need to let it happen. This will not be edited out, Demi. <laughs> I, I don't care. I don't care at all. That was honestly one of the cutest burps I probably had. <laughs> it was like, hold on, excuse me. Um, so anyway. Oh. The magic formula, anything else that goes yeah, into Yeah, yours. Yeah. Definitely, like, um, the under, okay, so, like, the understanding of why the drinking was happening, too. So, like, mm-hmm. not not only am I drinking for the autism thing, but, like, a, a lot, I didn't know I was drinking um, because I was afraid of uh, mm-hmm. people accepting me, not accepting me, or, like, if I was doing it right, as in socializing right, you know. I mm-hmm. didn't know at the time that's what I'm doing. I'm just doing because it makes me for, uh, not have to think about it. Mm-hmm. But now sober, there's so much more clarity and like so much more like analytical thinking. And yeah, so now I'm like figuring out the reasons behind these behaviors and then experiencing them sober and being like, what am I going to do? How do I, because I feel scared. I'm like, oh, this is probably, yeah. this is a time when I would have drank. What am I going to do? And a lot of the time it is, I need a safe person with me. So like mm. I need like someone who I can look to and I can just be like blah, 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 or something. And mm-hmm. they, they are, there's nothing I could do to where they wouldn't be safe still. Um, yeah. Because that people need people. And like, I, I, I'm not asking a lot of somebody, you know, like just to, Hey, if I, if I look like a deer in the headlights, 
that's because I'm feeling more socially awkward than you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm screaming mm-hmm. for help. So whenever I come up to you, just love me. Okay. Just love me back. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. just let me do it because that's me like a, like uh, grounding myself back. That's me like getting that feeling out, you know, like, like if, or sometimes I'll be like, yeah. oh my gosh, I just like, blah, blah, blah. if I need to tell you, I just had this moment. I just landed this book. I don't actually like, <laughs> we don't need to talk about it. I just needed to get it out. Get it out. Maybe even literally. Sometimes it will be, I need you to hug me. Please squeeze. I'll ask mm. my friends, like, please just hold me, hold me, hold me. Because I just need that pressure real quick. And then I'll be like, thank you. It's mm-hmm. like, you're squeezing it out of me, that like fear. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's other like tips and tricks. Uh, I find like, what I'm interested in. So a lot of the drinking was about social and um, mm-hmm. uh, living my life so much for the social aspect and the social value and like social, like um, do, am I doing the social thing? Right. You know what I mean? And like mm-hmm. focusing on mm-hmm. that where um, of course you don't know who like you are and, and you are, you're lost. Like you, haven't been focusing on any of the things you actually like because you're so busy scared you're too busy worrying about if people are gonna think that it's weird that you like them yeah so taking away like a lot of the shame but doing that it it can be very lonely and isolating because you kind of realize i don't like a lot of the people i've known and i've been around me and like you know they they don't uh they don't like Benefit, not benefit me, but the, it, it's not. Yeah, they don't this, nourish your soul. Yeah, yes, exactly, exactly. And they don't make me feel good. And once you start feeling good emotions and you start like learning about yourself and feeling good about that and you want to share that, you know, and mm-hmm. then someone's making you not feel good about that, that is awful. Like that sucks. And, yeah. and that makes you feel a negative energy. And sometimes you have to protect yourself from that energy. Mm-hmm. And it's like you don't want to mm-hmm. lose the person. But you also know that you're not going to keep growing in this way that makes you feel good if you have someone kind of judging you. Yeah. I mean, that was such a like masterclass rundown on how to put together a formula. You were like, first, I like understood the root cause, which was like social, right? And then you were like, I was able to know what the trigger is which is like when I'm feeling so awkward and I either have to get it out or somebody to squeeze it out and I know what the fix is and I have the support system in place that I already told them in advance. If this is how I look, this is what it means and this is what I need. And then I have to set healthy boundaries. I'm like translating everything you said into like psychiatrist speak, right? Like it is literally how you put together a magic formula. And I love that you were like so open through this journey to, I think it really started exactly like you said when we first got on, like the moment a person can be safe being themselves, the rest of these pieces of the magic formula can open up because you can actually just ask for what you need. And you can actually just say, no, that's not what I need. And so I'm not here for that. But it does start with feeling safe. The, 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 exactly. The biggest thing about this all though is that I am so privileged enough from white privilege, pretty privilege, reality TV privilege, etc. Mm-hmm. to have I mean, I knew I wanted to go on reality TV because I wanted to get on TV somehow because I wanted to get out of the town I was in because mm-hmm. I needed my freedom. 
So I'm mm-hmm. privileged enough to have this freedom now to mm-hmm. where I mm-hmm. don't rely on anyone else. So I, that's the thing is there's probably so many people who feel like me, but they have to, they're still relying on, on people who they can't mm-hmm. just not talk to, who they can't mm-hmm. get away from. And that is what is the biggest problem with all of it is, um, mm-hmm. you know, not everyone can go be a reality TV star. Like I feel like since I got put, since I'm in this position, I, I need to talk about it, you know, and I, yeah. I want to do what I can because I don't know if I, I don't know how I would be if I wouldn't have gotten to this place of where I can take the time to dissect myself, mm-hmm. dissect my behavior mm-hmm. every day to every level to, to the point mm-hmm. where I have compassion for everything I, I've done for myself so much so that I can, I'm giving, making excuses for everybody because I'm like, oh, I understand why they did that because I could totally see mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. I'm like, this has nothing to do with me. I, like them yelling mm-hmm. at me, whatever, mm-hmm. you know? But it's also like that there's a, there's a line. There's a line where it's like, I can't, am I going to be feeling bad though? Like if I start feeling bad, then I can't be around it. If it's, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, abusive. It's such a, such a big word, but. Yeah. Abusive is a big word. Painful is on the same spectrum. And I think we're kind of conditioned to be like, it wasn't that big a deal. No, it's not that important. No, it doesn't matter that much. But those things are additive. Those I know. Are additive. We're so conditioned to, to yeah, so conditioned. sweep it under the rug. Sweep it under. You know, it's especially it interesting. never stays under there. I know. It's especially interesting with family dynamics and how like the families, everyone's sweeping everything under the rug, not talking about anything yep. and just okay with it, with the unhealthy dynamic, yep. even if I, you know, bring light to it. And I'm like, hey, it's still like, yeah. well, that works for them. Except it doesn't because then you're drinking mouthwash. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, listen, this was amazing. So time flies. Yes, it does. When you're having fun. I know, Thank I know. So I talked much. so much. That's a good conversation. No, I loved it. I loved every minute. So I want to ask you the last question yeah. that I always ask everybody. I started out at the beginning and I was like, on addiction, what do we need to unlearn that we think we know? What do we need to undo from a stigma perspective? What conversation do we need to uncover? If you wanted to leave our listeners with one piece of unaddiction wisdom based on where you've been, where you are, where you're going, what would it be? Hmm. Oh my gosh. Like, I mean, there's just so much, like it depends on where they're at in their journey. So like, who am I speaking to people who are trying to get unaddicted? Yeah. Speak to them. I would say that it, even though you are ashamed right now, like about the drinking don't let that shame stop you from like asking someone for help because you're gonna be way more ashamed when you have a seizure in front of your friends unexpectedly you know like the shame is gonna come no matter what it's not that bad it because from there you only go up and Mm. and you can once once you get through this like I, i mean i never could have imagined that I couldn't drink. Like I, I was like, I guess maybe by 30, hopefully I'll stop. Like, I don't know. I don't know how I'll ever stop. And now like, I, I can't imagine some uh, what it would take to get me to drink. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's, you can get there is what I'm saying. And 
I mean, I was drinking mouthwash. Like take the time to to like get to the root um why you're drinking mm-hmm. because that's like the most important part of how mm-hmm. I I mean, the rule, yes, but the rule it, it couldn't just uh stay there without me knowing why it was there. You know, I was like, how is this rule working? Yeah. You know? Right. Who knows? I mean, I don't know if it would have stayed or not. Who, who could tell? Because I, I had to investigate immediately. It's freaking me out. Mm-hmm. I was like, shouldn't mm-hmm. shouldn't be shouldn't be this easy. But more than just that, figure out what you need the alcohol for, what you need whatever it is for. And just don't stop drinking cold turkey alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Make sure you, like I said, get the help. Don't, I mean, I know you'll be ashamed. It's not going to say, don't be ashamed. I know you'll be ashamed. The shame ain't that bad. You'll be okay. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Demi. This was so awesome to talk to you. Thank you. It felt so great to talk about this. Thank you so much for tuning in. My book on addiction, Six Mind-Changing Conversations That Could Save a Life, is now available for pre-order at bookshop.org, Union Square and Company, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, and wherever books are sold. If you liked this episode, please share it with someone you think may need to hear it. Also, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a five-star review. That helps us reach any and everyone who may be looking for support in the face of addiction. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at avalonwaterways.com. Avalon is cruising elevated. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.